0: All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit, or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.
1: And welcome again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sokira. Now, Walt is managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. They invest their clients' money in individually owned portfolios of individually owned stocks. So you have any questions about how the AKW takes care of their clients or how the stock market is doing for you, questions about stocks and, and other things that are related to that uh, financial endeavor, give us a call. Talk to Walt directly this half hour at 330 or on W1Hour.com. Toll free, 800 669 100 Walt, and again, last week, investors are continuing to be rather nervous. but We also might have seen in last week's market a little indication that perhaps uh, Bitcoin is not quite ready for prime time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Bob, there was a lot of, uh, you know, direction seeking. You know, people are looking, and we see a lot of churn and rotation going on uh, between growth and value stocks. And, again, you know, some of that the speculation that we talked about uh, for, for a few months now is, uh, you know, put into the test. So uh, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, fall about 174 points for the week. It was off about a half a percent and we're at 11.8% year-to-date. The S&P 500 index was off about 0.4% for the week, and uh, year-to-date we're at 10.6%. The NASDAQ found a little bit of a gain last week, up about 41 points, up 0.3%, and the NASDAQ uh, composite index is up 4.5% year-to-date. And the Russell 2000, Bob, which is a measure of those small and mid-cap stocks, was uh, off 0.4% for the week, but uh, still holds the lead for the year. That index is up 12.2% year-to-date. So, uh, again, a lot to, uh, lot to pay attention to, a lot to think about. We saw uh, energy you know, gave up some, some ground last week. Industrials fell, financial fell, materials fell, consumer discretionary fell. Uh, we saw, you know, people come back to technology a little bit, healthcare, consumer staples. Uh, so, again, that rotation, you know, again, we, we, we see people looking for direction and uh, a lot of uncertainty as we uh, head towards the Memorial Day holiday.
1: Now, we continue to see the signs that the economic COVID-19 recession may be coming to an end or may even be over at this point. Uh, Walt, what do you think are the biggest post-pandemic questions that the professional investors are dealing with?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, from all the leading indicators, the business surveys, I mean, even our own, you know, just keeping our eyes open as we're out there. You know, I was at a restaurant yesterday, and uh, and, a lot of people weren't wearing the mask, and you see a lot more people out and about. So I I think the COVID-19 is, you know, as as the narrative went, you know, slowly kind of working its way to the background, and uh, we see the economy opening up. But uh, there are a lot of questions. And, um, you know, I think investors are focusing on the, the big ones are probably, you know, the monetary support, um, you know, how much uh, monetary support there will be. Uh, we know that uh, if, if you take a look at those Fed, Federal Reserve minutes uh, that come out, which a lot of people don't pay attention to, but there was a sentence in there that's a, a little bit interesting. They said, you know, a number of the participants uh, in, the, in the, you know, Federal Open Market Committee, the Federal Reserve Board, Uh, suggested that if the economy continues to make rapid progress towards the committee's goals, it might be appropriate at some point in upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan for adjusting the pace of the asset purchases. Now, Bob, we've talked about, you know, the Federal Reserve has been instrumental uh, to the recovery, uh, to the support of uh, investors. And, you know, any type of change in direction by the Federal Reserve would definitely, you know, impact uh, confidence and, and impact probably the valuations of this market. Uh, we also continue to talk about inflation. It's, it's all over everything I'm seeing. And as a matter of fact, it's on a lot of consumers' minds. It, it kind of jumped to the top of the Google searches out there. You know, G- Google reports, you know, what people are searching on. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what inflation's all about, and what it means. Um, a lot of other questions, you know, everything from, you know, vacations, business travel, you know, what's going to happen with movie theaters, you know, what kind of habits uh, that came out of this pandemic, if they'll stick or not. Uh, you know, we, we talk about in, uh, you know wages that we definitely see uh, expanding in the economy and a lot of pressures for people to find work and pay for workers. Um, so, you know, there's just so many questions. Uh, And a a lot to think about, you know, as we we sit here uh, at this point of the year.
1: Well, luckily with the discussions about the COVID-19, hopefully fading away for good, uh, this discussion about inflation is taking the minds of a lot of investors, uh, both the professional and, and, uh, and the amateur investors, because we don't know Exactly, you know, where, where is it coming from? Many experts say it's simply a matter of supply and demand. Now that demand is increasing, we are seeing some some strains on supplies of of many many kind of goods. Uh, we don't have enough truck drivers, they say, because so many uh, were laid off or went away from the industry during the pandemic. We don't have enough restaurant workers, so wages are going up, which means food prices are are starting to go up. So the the question is that is this a real, honest to goodness? Inflation, you know, propelled by the economic conditions overall, or is this just a a temporary aberration uh, caused by the end of the of the COVID recession and the return to uh, what we might say normal?
2: It's it's a great question, Bob. It's what everybody's struggling with. Again, um, you know, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has used that word transitory, and um, you know, trying to make us think that this is due to that transition, but. Uh, the evidence is mounting that, you know, this is, this is uh, pretty much through the system and it might be a little bit more enduring than, than we think. So, uh, you know, I think this will be a discussion that we continue to have through the balance of the year as we watch the data and we, we see the impacts of, uh, of inflation.
1: What are the best kinds of investments to uh, counter inflation for the average investor's portfolio?
2: Yeah, Bob, you know, it's interesting. You know, stocks are still a good inflation hedge. You know, I I think the types of stocks that you look at here might be a little bit different, but uh, we also go back to looking at some of the commodity-based types of of companies. Uh, You know, all of a sudden, like we said, energy, oil, oil companies become interesting again. Um, You know, companies that deal in raw materials become interesting again. Uh, You can also look at non-correlated assets. You know, you can... There are ways to take investments in pure commodities, uh, real estate, you know, sometimes is a, a good hedge against inflation. So, uh, again, lots of lots of discussion to have and, and, you know, looking at your portfolios and seeing if you're properly uh, positioned a- as you move forward.
1: Talking to Walt Secura, of course, who's managing partner with the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. Do you have any questions for Walt? Call us at, at 330-673-1234. an outside of Acuna on WNR.com, toll free at 800-669-4100. Walt, you always uh, warn us about the speculative excesses and the gambling mentality of investors. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, cryptocurrency doesn't seem to be quite ready for, for prime time yet. That had a big drop last week. It's a very volatile uh Commodity, whether it's an investment or not, is still remains to be defined. Uh, when you, what, what about cryptocurrency and these kinds of investments? Uh, is it really for anybody who's not a professional to be involved in?
2: Well, Bob, I, I think the biggest uh, thought that you have to keep in mind is that if you if you look for excess returns, you know you got to be able to take big losses. You know, big returns equal big losses. It's, it's the rule of risk and reward. And um, you know some of these speculative type of investments are appropriate for the right type of investor, uh, for people that can take the kind of risk and, and understand the type of volatility uh, that they'll experience. You know, but again, yeah, some of these uh, cryptos, you know, we see thirty, forty percent price drops in a short period of time. So uh, you, you know, you have to be careful. And, and this is what we warn about. You know, we've been talking about for months is that. Uh, these things are great when they go up. And they're not great when they start to go down. So it's just basically knowing your risk return level and making sure you're doing things that are appropriate. Not doing things because you're chasing somebody else's idea. You know, you're just trying to participate in a in a return. Um, these these investments have to make sense in the overall structure of your portfolio and your thinking. Uh, you know, there are speculators out there that are good speculators, but. Uh, most of what we work, Bob, are are investors, um, and again, that's why we like to invest in things that we, we know what we own, we know why we own them, and, and we can take a little bit longer-term viewpoint in what we do.
1: Which do you think is more speculative and more risky at this point, investing in, say, gold or silver or cryptocurrency?
2: Well, I think gold and silver are more proven, Bob. They they have more, you know, there's tangible, there's a tangible asset behind them, there's, there's uh, something that's more understandable by financial markets that has a longer history. So, uh, again, as these new assets, you know, d- develop, and uh, there's still a lot of unknowns about cryptocurrency. It might, it, it might end up being the greatest thing ever, Bob, but, again, there's a lot of unknowns. And uh, when you're buying something in the early stages of development and, and acceptance, uh, there's a lot of risk that you're taking on.
1: Now Memorial Day is coming up. Uh, June is beginning, which means that uh, surprisingly enough, half of 2021 is soon going to be over. Uh, you often talk about the investor's new year, and uh, can you tell us why the middle of 2021 investors should start thinking about 2022?
2: Yeah, Bob, the the market thinks forward, and we have to think forward as investors because uh, you know we start need to start thinking about what the expectations are for 2022. So when you get to about mid year. Um, you know we, we kind of see this year shaping up. We, we see companies reporting, we're getting a lot of you know comments on what they're expecting through the balance of the year. Uh, so now you know the analysis goes forward and you have to start thinking about 2022 and which investments are best positioned uh, for that 2022 time frame.
1: Well, let's shift over to Stock Talk right now with Walt Secura at the time of our program when our listeners who have a particular question about stocks can uh, call Walt and get some input, what he has to offer, about uh, this particular issue that you're looking at, either to buy or to sell or or to hold. He has over 30 years' experience. He uh, may indeed be invested in the very thing you're questioning about. So if you have any ideas or, or questions about a stock, give us a call. and Talk to Walt Secura right now. Once more, the numbers are 330-673-1234 and 800 One hundred big merger announcement last week. AT and T and Discovery are going to merge the assets of Warner Media with Discovery, creating yet another one of those media giants. Now, right now, you don't own either company in your portfolio. So, what do you think about this merger, and what could investors uh, take away from that deal?
2: Well, I I think Bob, it shows that maybe uh, AT and T didn't make a very good uh, acquisition when they when they bought these assets. uh, We've seen AT&T do this uh, with DirecTV. You know, they bought DirecTV, and then they uh, spun that off. And, of course, the Time Warner Media was a $100 billion acquisition back in 2016, and they're unwinding that already. It's going to impact the company, you know, pretty dramatically. I think hidden in this was uh, the announcement that AT&T will cut its dividends substantially. Um, you know, AT&T was one of those dividend aristocrats that had 36 years of rising their their uh, you know dividends. So um, that's a pretty big hit to shareholders. You know, I think one of the attractiveness that people uh, saw with AT&T was that dividend. So uh, that'll be cut substantially. Um, I, again, you know, I think it makes sense for AT&T. I'm not sure the acquisition ever did. So, uh, and, and they're creating a, a pretty big, like you said, a media conglomerate to battle against Netflix and uh you know, Disney and other streaming content. So um uh, I think merger makes some sense, that the divestiture, but at the same time it it has impacts the shareholders and you know, I again we'll we'll see the shareholders kind of battle their way through this and uh, it'll it'll definitely weed some some people out that were owning the company and it might bring some new people to the table that are looking longer term for the for the new strategy.
1: What and so what do you think will be the future of AT&T as just a uh Getting back to just being a telecommunications company, I know that I think it was last year they actually had proposed to the FCC that they be eliminated. They want to eliminate all uh, copper phone lines, uh, which means the old-fashioned you know, phone on the wall residential service. They wanted to get out of that business altogether and get permission to do that. I have no idea where that's going with the government, but it seems like AT&T is uh, strictly going to focus on essentially cell phones and you know what else? They guess Direct TV or what? I don't know what else they had to offer?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean AT&T will be, be focused on their telecommunications business and again I think wireless and you know data services uh you know are are definitely probably the future for this company. So, uh getting a little bit more focused in their in their offerings and sometimes we like to see that Bob, you know, you focus on your core competencies, you uh, structure the company the right way and you compete uh you know, make some sense uh, as far as maybe the direction of where AT&T is heading.
1: Retail sales also continue to show strength. Target and Walmart beat their expectations. Uh, well, those two big giants, which ones do you like, Target or Walmart?
2: Yeah, we own Target. Uh, we've owned it in the Empowering Women portfolio. They had a really nice quarter, uh, up 23% in sales. They did $24.2 billion over $19.6 billion. Uh, had a really nice earnings uh, increase, and again, the outlook looks good for Target. Um, you know, 1,800, almost 1,900 stores out there, and yeah, they typically be, they're very large. They're they're doing a pretty good job with their um, e-commerce uh, development as well. Uh, you know, Walmart's incredibly powerful. You know, big company, still the largest retailer in the United States. Uh, and their reach and brand is as well known as they sit in many communities. Uh, uh, but I think for us, you know, Target is still the story that we favor uh, out of the two at this moment.
1: Now, the home improvement sector, also in retail, Topped analyst expectations. Both Home Depot and Lowe's uh, have been doing very well, and you own Home Depot in your core equity portfolio, but not Lowe's. Now, is Home Depot continuing to, to be the uh, favorite son?
2: It it is for us again. You know, Home Depot is the world's largest home improvement uh, store out there, Bob. Um, you know, their revenues were up 33% for the quarter. They did 37.5 billion over 28.3 billion from a year prior, three months prior. Um, earnings were strong up eighty six percent at three eighty six a share over two oh eight a share. A very powerful retailer here. Um and, and again we just think that they're doing a lot of things right. You know, as the homes continue to age, uh, you know, we continue to see the, the real estate market be very high, you know, people doing improvements and so forth. They have a very efficient supply chain. Uh, they've improved their merchandising technology and you know, they continue to penetrate and expand into some other consumer segments, the customer product market segments. So uh, this company seems to be operating at a very high level of efficiency, and you know, we like the holding as we look forward over the next few years.
1: There was another big news last week about the electric vehicle industry when uh, Ford and, and the president came and revealed their new F-150 electric pickup truck, F-150 Lightning. Uh, totally electric, 300-mile uh, range, uh, based on a very large battery because it's a very large vehicle. So it looks like it's going to be a goer, be ready, I think, for the uh Public to buy in the fall around forty thousand dollars a unit or so, despite options, and so it's competitive with other other pickup trucks. But this is something we've been very interested in over the last couple of years, and uh, it seems like it's going to be the the new trend. What did you think about that uh, lightning pickup truck when you saw it?
2: Well, I liked it, and and the stock market liked it a lot for Ford. You know, we saw the stock jump almost thirteen percent last week, um, trading at $13.33 a share at the end of the week. Uh, again, Bob, I, sh- I think it shows that you know as we talked about, a lot of these uh, car companies are going to find competitive offerings. Um, you know, Tesla is not the only game in town. I-, I think Ford is capitalizing in one of their strengths. We also see uh, General Motors will be delivering its uh, high-end GM Hummer, uh, the electric truck, uh, later this year as well. Um, so there's going to be continued uh, a lot of competition in the space and. Uh, it seems like it is something that continues to, you know, capture investors' attention, and and probably rightfully so, as it's probably a huge trend over the next, uh, you know, five to ten years, where where we'll see automotive uh, cars continue to go.
1: But at this point, do you have any automotive stocks in your portfolios?
2: Uh, we do. We, I, I think, as Bob, we mentioned we did buy Tesla, um, you know, off of a, one of its highs when it fell back a few months ago, and we continue to own it. Um, in our small mid-cap uh, portfolio, you know, we own Ferrari, uh, which has, uh, you know, been a, a pretty strong holding for us as well. So uh, we, we are selective um, in, in the way that we invest in, in some of these, uh, you know, technologies. But, again, we, we continue to think longer term. We continue to think over that five- to seven-year time frame, uh, especially with something like Tesla. I think you got to give that company a chance to uh, get to the next level of growth, and, um, you know, we, we plan to do so.
1: Once again, Walt Secara is talking to us from the AKW Group here in Akron And Invest Wisely. You can give us a call now on Stock Talk and ask him questions about particular stocks that you are interested in at 330-673-1234. One of our listeners, regular listeners, Ken, uh, called us uh, last week and talked about about uh, Deere, good old John Deere, the uh, traditional tractor-making people, in uh, the potential for that particular investment. Now, Deere reported their earnings last week, so how did they look?
2: looked great. Uh, yeah, Deer had a, a phenomenal quarter. Again, they're one of the leading manufacturers of agricultural equipment out there and heavy heavy machinery industry, Bob. Uh, when we saw the quarter, I mean, extremely strong, up over 30% uh, in revenue, up 169% in earnings. Again, uh, off of some fairly easily comparisons last year. But, again, the revenue growth is very, very impressive. Um, operating profit more than doubled to $2.1 billion. Uh, so there's really strong, you know, fundamentals here, I think, in the agricultural market. And, uh, you know, we see crop prices at, at relative highs. I think the demand from China, uh, the constrained global supply, you know, sets up well for this. And, uh, you know, the company's uh, construction business, you know, will continue to be a major driver of revenue and, and margins uh, as we look into the future. So uh, Deer is a, a nice holding, very, very interesting uh, company at this point, and, Going to be a pretty good proxy, I think, for uh, and a barometer for the industrial economy as we uh, go into 2022. So this is one of those companies, when you think out, uh, you know, this is going to be a a real good company to see how this economy really continues and continues to grow.
1: I don't know how many people have ever seen a modern professional farm tractor, uh, but they are just marvels of uh, computerization. Uh, technology is in there, they're huge, a friend of mine is a professional farmer down by Columbus, and they're just amazing, and they're terribly expensive, Uh, but they're, you know, they're investments that uh, can pay off, but the thing is, you can just kind of program it, it'll go up and down your field doing multiple tasks, well, basically the farmer kind of sits there in his air-conditioned cabin and listens to his uh, iTunes, (laughs) they're amazing (laughs) things.
2: (laughs) They're phenomenal, Bob, you're right. And, you know, Deere does not only do they sell the the equipment, but also the servicing, the parts. You know, when you think about, you know, I think a lot of people think about just an initial purchase. But, you know, these become investments, and they become something that, uh, you know, just the upkeep and and the long term creates a nice revenue stream for these companies. So uh, you're right, though. They are marvels and and amazing machines.
1: Like they say, nothing runs like a deer. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure. You're on WNIR. Good morning.
3: Morning. Uh, this is the active senior calling. How you doing? <laughs> good to hear from you, Ken. <laughs> I've got kind of a weird subject, uh, not morbid, but I uh, i installed my tombstone down at uh, Glendale Cemetery in Akron. I designed it, and we already installed it. And uh, I'm next to Cyberling, and next to Rankin, and and Hauer, where they name schools, and Mr. Booktel. Anyway, I'm in a good I'm in a good neighborhood down there. If anybody's ever interested in a nice Saturday or Sunday afternoon to drive through there and see the artwork, the stone and the historic nature, the chapel, Civil War chapel, the bell tower, it's uh, truly a really a beautiful thing. But my stocks are—it uh, got me thinking about stuff. Uh, and Hildebrand, H-I-L-E-N-B, Hildebrand, symbol H-I. Mm-hmm. pays a 2% dividend. They make caskets. And the other one is Ventas, symbol VTR, pays 3.3, and that's a nursing home stock. So that, it, uh, instead of thinking about bicycles, I'm up thinking about uh, morbid things. But anyway, it's interesting down there. And uh, if you ever looked at Hildebrand, symbol HI or Ventas, Nursing Home Stock
2: VTR. I have looked at Hillbrand, Canure. Uh, right. They are the premium uh, makers of, of caskets uh, and um, you know cremation uh, type of uh, products. So, yeah, a very very interesting company. And again, the trends were up uh, in the past year, obviously with with death rates going up. Uh, we, we've seen some pretty good earnings out of them, and uh, as you mentioned, a pretty good uh, dividend stock as well. Uh, So I'm very familiar with it. Haven't haven't owned it in a while. I I did own it years back in my uh, portfolio at the time. So uh, very good, very good stock. Very interesting. What
3: about the nursing home stocks? Is there any, uh, you know, they dipped on the uh, pandemic uh, uh, tragedy. However, uh, in the future, you know, everybody's getting old. And uh, and what do you think uh, Ventos looked like a good one? I heard the uh, CEO on a, Talk show. She's real sharp. And uh, but, is there any other uh, nursing home opportunities uh, investment
2: wise? There, there are. Ken. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll take a harder look at that space for you. Ventas is one I've looked at. I, again, they've struggled. You're right. The last four quarters have been, uh, as far as revenue growth and earnings growth, have been uh, you know not not really up to snuff for us. But. Uh, I think that is an interesting space, and I'll take a look at it. Maybe I'll make some comments next week about that. Uh, you know, about okay. the, that space. Sure. Yeah, drive
3: through, drive through Glendale. You'll be impressed.
2: All right, all right, we'll okay. do that.
3: Thank
1: you. One thing about these companies, like the Cascade Company, people are just dying to get their business.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: <You're>...
3: <laughs> okay, <Wow>. thank you. <laughs> you know, That's
1: got to be great. So, again, some good calls there on WNIR. We're talking, of course, to Walt Segura. Uh, now, Walt, uh, you're talking about also in your company having some uh, retirement classes coming up in late summer and the fall, and while well, you work, of course, with many clients who are retired, you also have a lot of clients who are not quite retired, but we may call them pre-retirees. Now, what are the biggest concerns that you hear from them as they're approaching the retirement years, but they're not not there quite yet.
2: Yeah, Bob, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of concerns that people have as they move towards retirement. Uh, We've been having a lot of meetings lately. It seems to be top of mind for uh, some of our people that are getting ready for retirement. And, you know, you're looking through things like uh, Social Security, you know, when do you take your Social Security? Obviously, uh, there's different options, um, you know, different, different amounts that come in, depending on when you select a Actually, start it. Uh, you got to think about your health care costs, the changes, uh, you know, Medicare issues that come up. Um, but there's all kinds of other issues that you have to think about, Bob. And again, as I said, I've never retired myself, but I, I've helped hundreds of people retire and, you know, become very sensitive to these issues. Um, it's really a very different time in life because when you give up your work, a lot of people that gives up their identity, they they have to find a new a part of their identity. They have to find a new way to to spend time as well as spend money. They have to kind of rework budgets. Uh, they have to be you know more realistic about costs that they'll be experiencing and the changes that they'll be experiencing. Uh, you have to worry about things like do I have enough money? Will I run out of money? Um, the support that you provide to other people, you know, how is that going to impact uh, uh, your retirement? So so many issues come in as well as just human issues. You know, like I said, the attitudes towards aging, uh, the difficulties sometimes that creates in, in a, a spousal unit because all of a sudden people have a lot of extra time on their hands. I, I'm i pretty sure when my dad retired, my mom wanted to, you know, beat him up even more uh, because he was kind of hanging out and in her face a lot more. So, I mean, all kinds of issues that you have to think about and uh, these classes that we're thinking about will will really deal with a lot of those issues from the financial side and from the uh, the lifestyle you know, changes and and it, you know I think they're going to be really uh, exciting for us to get out there and teach and and uh, offered to people that are interested in learning more about, you know, what retirement really means.
1: There will be, in essence, two class offerings. One's for those planning for retirement, 50 to 65, and another class called Renovate Your Retirement for those 65 and over. Now, at this point, have you set any dates or any uh, start times for these classes?
2: We're getting really close, Bob, and we've gotten some people calling, which is helping us, because it's helping us frame in those time frames a little bit more and where we want to have those classes. So. Uh, we tell anybody out there listening to give the office a call and let us know you're interested, so we can get your name on a list, and again, that'll help us with some of our planning as well.
1: You can call the AKW Group, 234-466-7476 here in Akron, 234-466-7476, or in Pennsylvania, 412-480-5090. Real quick, Walt, what's happening next week with the holiday coming up?
2: And Bob, we got a lot of data to look at still, and we're going to watch these trends and continue to do the work we do every week.
1: Excellence. So we'll talk to Walter Care again next Sunday. It's 234-466-7476. Tell him we heard him on WNR Kent Adler.
4: During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed: AT&T Inc. symbol T, Deer & Company symbol DE, Discovery Holding Company symbol DISCA, Ferrari symbol RACE, Ford Motor Company symbol F, General Motors symbol GM. Hillenbrand, Inc., symbol HI, The Home Depot, Inc., symbol HD, Lowe's Companies, Inc., symbol LOW, Target Corporation, symbol TGT, Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA, Ventas, Inc., symbol VTR, and Walmart, Inc., symbol WMT. Please note that Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird & Company Incorporated or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from AT&T Inc in the past 12 months. Also, Robert W. Baird & Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by Deer & Company for non-investment banking security related services in the past 12 months.